0: You're listening to New Spring Radio with Hector Velarde, pastor of Calvary New Spring Church in San Antonio, Texas.
1: Sometimes we'll make decisions if we're following the Lord that are going to seem a little bit mean or insensitive to others. But if you're following the Lord, then it's exactly what he wanted you to do. And you can rest in that. I don't know if you recall in John chapter six, verse 38, Jesus said the following, he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's what Jesus came and that's what Jesus did.
0: When Jesus started his ministry, he soon had crowds of thousands listening to him teach. However, Jesus wasn't really a people pleaser. There were many times when he said or did things that went against the grain. Jesus said that he only did what he saw the Father do. In today's message, Pastor Hector will be sharing about the importance of following the Lord despite what other people may think. When we are following the Lord, we can be confident that what we do is what he wants us to do. Now, here's Pastor Hector in the book of Mark chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Power of Prayer.
1: Mark chapter 1. We're going to study verses 35 through 45 in a study that I have titled, if you'd like to take notes, uh, The Power of Prayer. So the power of prayer. And uh, why don't we do this? It's just a short uh, 10 verses or so. Why don't we read them? Will you join me and read God's Word? Let's just give it the honor that it deserves and and stand in as we read it and follow along. We'll read it and then we'll study it. It says, verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also because of for this purpose, I have come forth. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Let's pray. Lord, you tell us that if any are thirsty to come and to drink, Lord, and that out of them would flow rivers of living water. And you were thus talking about your spirit, Lord. And and we need your spirit, Lord. We, We thirst, Lord. And so we ask, Lord, can we drink? And would you, Lord, please pour your Spirit out upon us now to give us understanding, Lord, to open the eyes of our heart and to allow us to take in, and then not only take in, but also apply, Lord, that which we have learned. And so, Father, this is all because of you, and nothing good can come out of this unless you show up, unless you are present here among us, not only in the words that I will speak, but in the hearts of those that receive, Lord. So would you please, Lord, speak to us, would you, Lord, help us apply and we ask these things in Jesus name, the power of prayer and you know if if you look at the section in fact when i 've taught it in the past i 've done an you can do an entire study really on just verses forty through forty five which is just the cleansing of the leper, because within it it 's just so it just so parallels the cleansing of this leper with the cleansing of our sin, and we could just spend all of our time just looking at that little section and comparing even Leviticus 14, which talks about how a leper was to be cleansed, and how it is that the Lord cleanses us, and all the way to the the two birds that were sacrificed, and how one was had the blood sprinkled on it, and then the the that one was let go, and it was just it's so amazing to look at that. But as I as I just began to read this section, I just felt like there was kind of a greater topic that I wanted to to touch on and that I wanted to share on, and that is the power of prayer, and so. I, when we go through those verses, you'll see that I'm going to probably skip over a lot of the things that you would, or maybe not touch on, not skip over, but just not dig into some of the things that maybe you've heard in the past. And perhaps in the future, we'll do a study just on the leper and leprosy and so forth. But I just think that the the bigger subject here in this section is the power of prayer. You know, we live in a in an age, in a time where we are faced with with having to make decisions that we have never had to make in the past. And, and we can go off of just logic, like we'll see a little bit later. We can go off of what just feels good. We can go off of our liberties, and we can make decisions that way, or we can learn how it was that Jesus made decisions. Because I, I don't know if you remember, but when we first started Mark, It seems like we've been in Mark chapter one forever, doesn't it? When we first started Mark, I don't know if you recall, but I said that Mark, the book of Mark, not only was it kind of an action-packed gospel that goes kind of from one scene to another, but really it answers the question, what would Jesus do? You remember the old bracelets, WWJD? what would Jesus do? It's that. It's what would Jesus do? And here we're going to see how it was that Jesus made decisions, what it is that he did to make sure that he was in tune with the Father. So that is going to be my focus. And and we pick up here this study in verse 35, having left off, and the last time we were together, we got as far as verse 34. And up to this point, if you recall, Jesus has been prophesied about. Jesus has been presented. We know who he is now. Jesus has begun to preach and If you recall the last time that we got together, Jesus began to do what? To do miracles. He began to show us that part of his ministry. And all of that, everything that we have seen to this point, has raised awareness in the city of Capernaum where Jesus finds himself. And in our last study, we saw that the whole city, remember the the entire city, it says, came out with their aches and with their pains, with their problems and with their possessed to be healed. And if you recall, Jesus ministers all night long. I mean, it it just gives you the idea that he ministered all night long because we know that not everyone was healed. It tells us that Jesus healed many, but not all. And I imagine... It doesn't tell us, but as I see the text, I imagine that this healing session, this, this time of ministry had to have gone on late into the night, perhaps midnight or later. We don't know, but we know we, we know that, that, I mean, how long would you stay in line to see Jesus? I mean, I think it was late on that first day of the week. Remember that the Sabbath had ended and as soon as it was sundown, Sabbath was over, they started forming and making a line. And if I was there, if I was sick or if I was demon possessed or if I had brought somebody who needed healing, I would stand there all night long, as long as it would take. However, the time came for Jesus to stop for the night and that's where we left our story. Now, Jesus wasn't done. It wasn't like he said, well, that's just all I have for you folks tonight, so we'll see you tomorrow. It, it, the, the day had to end. It, 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 we know that they started at sundown, so what are you like, six, seven hours? I mean, maybe he went up to 11, midnight, one in the morning, and Jesus wasn't done. The people were not done, but it was late, and thus he stopped, and that's what's going on here. That's, that, Jesus couldn't get to everyone And so it gives us the picture, because not everybody was healed, that some went back home with their ailments. Some went back home with their demon-possessed friend without having been healed. What happens today, and I bring all that out, and I remind you of all that, because what happens in our text today, what we're going to see today seems kind of mean. And, and seems a little bit insensitive if, if you were one of the ones that did not get healed the night before. And so Jesus is going to, we're going to find out, he's going to seek direction from the Father. He's going to make a decision. And guess what? He's not going to go back to Capernaum to that line of people that will be again waiting for him in the morning. For the time being, he'll return to Capernaum. But for the time being, he makes a decision not to go back. Now imagine being one of those who will be waiting for Jesus. One of those that didn't get healed the night before, your friend did, and you say, let's go back. We know where he's staying. And here you come, and and it's morning, and you wait, and you're outside the door, and and it's one hour and two hours, and Jesus doesn't come back. It sounds kind of mean, doesn't it? It sounds a little bit insensitive except for, and not if you are following the Lord's orders. And that's the key really to this whole thing. Sometimes we'll make decisions if we're following the Lord that are going to seem a little bit mean or insensitive to others. But if you're following the Lord, then it's exactly what he wanted you to do. And you can rest in that. I don't know if you recall in John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said the following. He says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's what Jesus came, and that's what Jesus did. So today, we get our first glimpse of that, and I think that it can be of great value to us personally as we also seek direction, make decisions, and pursue the Father's will. That's how Jesus came to a conclusion of what he was going to decide, of what he was going to do. So I don't think that I'm the only one, perhaps I am, but I'm sure I'm not actually the only one who has ever said, Lord, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Maybe you're in that place today like, Lord, just tell me. I have a couple of options. I could either move here or I could move there. I could take this job or I could take that one. Lord, would you just tell me what it is that you would like for me to do? Have you ever said that? I have. I I, I say it often. And you know what? It's a good thing. It's It's a question that you should ask. Lord, what do you want me today? Well, today we get a front row seat of how it was that jesus sought direction from the father and so to divide up our text to to continue in with the context i'm going to divide it up into four sections today sometimes you hear a pastor say well we've got three points today i don't always necessarily have points because for me a point is like i'm trying to make a point for me what i try to do is divide the text in a way that gives you the continuity and the context of what's going on so we don't lose it and so sometimes they're points, but most of the time I just, they're divisions, you could say, or they're sections so that you can follow along so that I don't lose focus and get on some sort of weird rabbit trail. And you're like, well, where is that in the text? Right. But instead it's, it, it, this is what we're going to talk about. So when we get to that, you'll see that that's what the text says. And so very simple, I know, but that's, that helps me. And so if you take notes, verse 35 is going to be by itself. And we're just going to label that seeking the father's will. And I'll repeat them because they're a little bit long. But verse 35 is seeking the Father's will. And I just kind of used four S's to kind of give it some sort of, of continuity there. So seeking the Father's will, verses 36 through 37, it's going to be seeing the opportunities before Him. Seeing the opportunities before Him. Verses 38 and 39, it's going to be sensitive to the Father's will sensitive to the Father's will. And then verses 40 to 45, it's just saving the leper, saving the leper. And I think all those things together will give us an idea as we put them together and we begin to just see each one, how it is that Jesus made decisions and the power of prayer. So look with me at seeking the Father's will. It's it's verse 35. It says the following, it says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Now, follow me on this. If Jesus ministered, just kind of thinking back, if Jesus ministered to the people until midnight, or, or let's just say, let's not put a time on. let's just say late into the evening. If Jesus ministered to the people until late into the evening, the previous night, and here it says that he rose a long while before daylight, how many hours of sleep do you think he got? Not many, right? I like to run in the morning, and and I try to, my goal is to run like right at sunup, and and it used to be 7 o'clock. But now it's like 6, and I'm like, man, I don't want to get up at 6. And so I I've still run at 7, but, it, but still it, it's early. Like you're talking 4 in the morning maybe? Because notice it says, a long while before daylight. Probably not many hours of sleep did Jesus get that night. And man, this verse really convicts me. Like he ministered all night long and then a few short hours of sleep, and then he gets up. I, I teach once on a Sunday morning, and I get home, and the first thing on my mind is like that Sunday nap. You know, It's like, man, I get to do my Sunday nap, and it's just so convicting. Now, don't get me wrong if that's you, because that could possibly be. you, You could be at home right now, and you might have just gotten up right now, and you're like, I can't wait to be over so that I can get my Sunday nap in. You know, and you just got out of bed. You're still in your jammies, but don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with taking a nap, but man, did Jesus raise the bar, didn't he? I mean, it was like ministered all night, and here he is a long while before daylight waking up, and look at what he does. He does, doesn't just wake up to do Nothing. Look at what he does. It says that he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. He prayed. While I would have been sleeping, and maybe I can include you in this. I don't feel so bad. While we would have been sleeping, Jesus is praying. If Jesus found it necessary and a necessity to pray, how much more should we? much more should we? What, what importance should we give to prayer? I don't know about you again, but I, I seem to be really good at praying when I'm in need of like an immediate answer. Like, Lord, please help me now. It's, a, it's an emergency, Lord. If it's an illness, I'll pray. Lord, could you just please? I mean, and those are good things. We should go to him in those times that we need an immediate answer, but notice something, something with me. Notice that Jesus prays at a time when he seemingly didn't need anything. Well, how do I know that? Well, well, think about it. His teaching is astonishing. We've already learned that. I mean, it's not like, and you don't know this unless I was to tell you. My wife knows this, but so many times, and I'm not the only one who does this, but I get down from this, there is no platform, but if there was a platform here, I would get down from this platform thinking, man, I, that, like, I just messed that all up. But Jesus didn't do that. You see, his teaching was was just astonishing people. So his teaching is astonishing. He has disciples following him. He's performing miracles. Like, why pray? I mean, doesn't it seem like everything is just fine in his life? Like, why pray? What, What is it that he would pray about? Like, Lord, there was you know, my my teaching didn't really work out that well. Could you please help me with that? I mean, that's my prayer oftentimes. Like, Lord, please, like find somebody else to do this who can do it better than I. I guarantee you, Jesus didn't do that. His teaching was astonishing. His disciples were following him. He has a following. He's performing miracles. And all too often, I think that we use prayer to, to... to fill the tank instead of to top it off. If I could just use that analogy. I don't know if that kind of brings something to your mind. You're you're like on E, you know, and, and spiritually, and you're like, Lord, I, I, I need a filling. Instead of just like, Lord, I'm, I'm topped off, but I need more. Lord, I just need this thing to overflow. I don't know if you've ever found like a really good deal on gas, and and you're like, you know how it automatically clicks and you're like taking it out. You're like getting it. Let me get just as much gas as I can in there. That's what's going on here. In, in all reality, if you look at what's gone on, he really does not need to come to the Lord in prayer, but he does. We often wait till we're on empty and then fill up, but Jesus doesn't do that. Now, why? Why, why would Jesus top off instead of wait till he has to fill up? Well, I think that he made prayer a priority for two reasons, and perhaps there's more, but I thought of two reasons why he would make this a priority. Number one is that I think that he prayed to simply have communion with the Father. Like that was important to him, to just spend time with him. I think that spending time with the Father was of utmost importance to him. But then my question to us is, is it to us? Is it just simply spending time with him of utmost importance? I had to ask myself, and and so I'll ask you as well. But I'll pose it as a question to myself. Have I ever gone to prayer just to simply be with him? Like, Lord, I just want to be with you. Without asking anything of him by and large my times of prayer i mean just being honest are like petition after petition after petition and I pull we even have what we call our prayer list right we got our prayer request lord and here we go and number one and number two and number three and thank you it's time to go and 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 we leave instead of just simply saying lord, I just want to be with you I just want to spend some time with you. I think that we would pray more if we didn't just go to him in times of need. In times where we just need to fill up, but in times where we just need to top off. Or can we just get a little bit more? I just want to spend time with you. It's very convicting to me. But the second thing is that I also think that he made prayer a priority so that he could get further instruction. And that's why we go to the Lord in prayer. Regardless of whether you've had a successful day today or not, tomorrow has the potential to be a train wreck if you don't seek the Father's will, does it not? Like today could have been the best day ever, but tomorrow if we don't seek the Lord, hey, that's a train wreck waiting to happen. You've probably experienced it. I know I have. And so thus he's he's seeking the Lord to get further instruction. Did you know it's been said, now I don't know how accurate this is, but it, it, it's it been said, and I understand those who study these things, I don't know how they come to the conclusion, but it has been said that the average adult will make around 35,000 decisions in one day. 35,000 decisions in one day. And I don't know about you, but I need instruction from the Lord or else it's going to be an extremely long day. Like even 3,000 decisions. Even one decision. Like, Lord, what do I do with that? Imagine 35,000. It often is. And it's all because I don't go to him to top off that I find myself having a long day. And I don't go to him to get further instruction. And Jesus here in our story is about to be faced with some hard decisions to make. And we find that he rises early. He separates himself from the rest. And he prays to the Father. Now. Before we go on to the next division, seeing the opportunities before him or the options or the decisions that Jesus is going to have to make, let me say something about rising early. Because did you notice you were like, man, I was hoping you wouldn't touch on that. But notice that it says that he rose early, early. Are there benefits to rising early before the day begins? Absolutely. Now. Should we be legalistic about it? Absolutely not. It just depends on what early
0: is for you. You've been listening to New Spring Radio with Pastor Hector Velarde. Pastor Hector has been teaching through the Book of Mark, and there's much to learn about Jesus' character in this book. If you're gaining some really encouraging insights from these messages, we'd like to know. Would you email us at office at calvarynewspring.com? It would strengthen our faith to hear and know how these teachings are impacting others through God's Word. New Spring Radio is an outpouring of the ministry happening at Calvary New Spring in San Antonio, Texas. We'd love to have your prayers of support in this ministry. Pray that ears would be open and that people's lives would see and understand the goodness and the love of Jesus as Savior. There's one other way that you could support our radio ministry. If you go to calvarynewspring.com, you'll notice a giving tab. If you feel led to support us in a financial way, we'd be so grateful, pray about it, and follow what God's leading you in. If you'd like to join us this weekend, we'd be happy to meet you. Our service on Sundays is at 10 a.m., and we have a midweek service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Worship and Bible study in person with fellow believers is so vital to the Christian life. It would be so great to get to know you and learn more about your faith journey. Go to calvarynewspring.com to learn more. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Hector's message in the book of Mark. He'll have more to share next time as we continue through this gospel book right here on New Spring Radio.